Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week 8, day 3 of our study of Isaiah. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Isaiah 28, 1-15. Welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, I ask that you would open our eyes and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you through your word. Fascinate us in your word today, God. In your name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. We're reading today from the NIV. This is Isaiah 28, starting in verse 1. Woe to that wreath, the pride of Ephraim's drunkards, to the fading flower, his glorious beauty. Set the head, set on the head of a fertile valley, to that city, the pride of those laid low by wine. What is Isaiah starting out verse or chapter 20 is talking about? Um, we know that anytime in Isaiah general when he is referring to Ephraim he's talking about the northern nation of Israel uh, you know after Solomon when Rehoboam's son becomes king we have this civil war that breaks out and splits Israel into two nations the southern Nathan nation of Judah where Jerusalem is the capital and the northern nation of Israel where Samaria is its capital and in this passage Ephraim is the name that is given to represent the northern nation of Israel because Samaria is in the tribe, in the tribal lands of Ephraim. And so this wreath he's talking about is the, is the city. It's he's, he's referring to the city of Samaria as a wreath. And I don't know if that's because you think of the city walls and encircle it kind of as a wreath. I don't know why he's using wreath as this metaphor for the city, but that's what he's doing here. Verse uh, and he's calling them drunkards. He's he's saying they're all drunk. Verse two. See, the Lord has one who is powerful and strong, like a hailstorm and a destructive wind, like a driving rain and a flooding downpour. He will throw it forcefully to the ground. That wreath, the pride of Ephraim's drunkards, it will be trampled underfoot. That fading flower, his glorious beauty, set on the head of a fertile valley. Will be like ripe, will be like figs ripe before harvest. As soon as people see them and take them in hand, they swallow them. So Isaiah is saying that something's about to happen to the city of Samaria. Samaria is going to be destroyed. It's, it's, it's about to, like, bad things are about to happen, is what he's saying. So again, as we start out each of these passages, we've been talking about the end times in the last few passages, but it almost seems like based on the context we've seen here in, previous chapters of Isaiah, we might be referring back to the time when Assyria is going to come and destroy the northern nation of Israel. So we're going to kind of operate under the assumption right now that that is what is, and we'll see what the context here as we go through this, how it plays out. Verse five, in that day, the Lord almighty will be a glorious crown, a beautiful wreath for the remnant of his people. He will be a spirit of justice to the one who sits in judgment, a source of strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. I want to pause right there because now Isaiah starts. We didn't start this chapter with in that day. We started this chapter with him talking about Ephraim and essentially Samaria, saying there's judgment coming and that the city is going to be destroyed. But then by verse five, we start to say in that day. And so again, now we need to go back and say, well, what is in that day? Because he starts with one thing and then he says in that day. And so are we talking about two different time periods? 
And this is where Isaiah gets a bit complicated. We we move from disparate prophecy to disparate prophecy, and then sometimes within the same prophecy, we're left to wonder, like, okay, are these two different time periods? Are we talking about the same thing? I think what we're looking at here is Isaiah is going to be talking about uh, an act an event that is going to be somewhat contemporary to him, the destruction of, of Samaria by Assyria, but then he's going to extrapolate out back to the end times. Very often the in that day is talking about the end times, not always potentially, but, but very, very often when we say in that day, we're talking about the end times. So we start out with what I think is a contemporary event and then Isaiah is using that to extrapolate forward to give us an understanding of what's going to happen. So again, let's go back to verse five and start there again. In that day, the Lord Almighty will be a glorious crown, a beautiful wreath for the remnant of his people. He will be a spirit of justice to the one who sits in judgment, a source of strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. And these also stagger from wine and reel from beer. Priests and prophets stagger from beer and are befuddled with wine. They reel from beer. They stagger when they when seeing visions. They stumble when rendering decisions. All the tables are covered with vomit, and there's not a spot without filth. <clears throat> so there's something about the in that day, the Lord is going to come. He's going to bring righteous judgments, but he's also going to be like, look all you guys who are now standing in judgment, what he's saying is the, the priests and the prophets and the leaders who are standing in judgment, they're so drunk that they don't even realize how, how messed up they are, right? There's, he's saying that the table, all their tables are covered with vomit, meaning they're getting so drunk that they're sitting there drinking and literally on the table they're drinking at this, this banquet table, they're vomiting everywhere as happens when people get so drunk that they get the kind of alcohol sickness and they start throwing up. And he's saying there's not a spot on the table without filth. That's how messed up the leadership is here, right? Um, He might literally be talking about literal drunkenness amongst the leaders of Israel and later Judah in this passage. More than likely, He's, he's speaking again in a metaphorical sense about how they pervert justice and, and, and they're just, they're messed up in the way that they are dealing with the people and that it's the, this metaphorical vomit and filth that they're filling the nation with. Uh, but it might be both. It might actually be both. Verse nine, who is he, who is it he that is trying to teach to whom is he explaining his message? to children weaned from their milk, to those just taken from the breast? For it is, do this, do that, a rule for this, a rule for that, a little here, a little there. Very well then, with foreign lips and strange tongues, God will speak to this people to whom he said, this is the resting place, let the weary rest, and this is the place of repose, but they would not listen. So then the word of the Lord will become, do this, do that. A rule for this, a rule for that, a little here, a little there. So that as, as, as they go, they will fall backward. They will be injured, ensnared, and captured. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers, who rule this people in Jerusalem. You boast, we have entered into a covenant. Oh, actually, I want to pause right there. So we've gone from Israel and Ephraim to now Jerusalem 
And he's, he's essentially accusing all of the leaders of his people, the people of the Northern kingdom of Israel, the people leaders of the Southern kingdom of Judah. He's accusing all of them. But this is very interesting that he says, you know, that the leaders, they're drunk and they're they're He's like, who are you trying to teach? Right. And, and essentially what he's saying is, who do you have the authority to teach? The only person you have the authority to teach is someone who is just weaned from their mother's milk. And even then you're probably not uh, qualified to teach them. And he's saying, you're going to come up and say with these, uh, a rule for this, a rule for that, do this, do that, a little here, a little there, right? That's the phrase that Isaiah, Isaiah repeats twice. And again, anytime the Bible repeats something, we should take notice. <clears throat> During this time and after this time, there's going to be a radical change in the way that Israel governs itself. This is after Isaiah's time, after the Babylonian exile, they're going to come back and and the the Jewish people are going to realize the reason they were exiled, the reason they were punished by God and then brought back was because of their idolatry. So they're going to decide we're not going to go down that road anymore. We are going to, they, they form kind of the synagogue system that exists to this day. They're going to begin teaching to this level and coming up with all of these rules. If we can follow these rules, we will not get crossways with the God of heaven again. And then, you know, experience this judgment, right? And it's not the rules. And so the, the, the teachers of the law during this time period, post-exile, they start coming with rules on top of rules on top of rules, right? It's like, okay, so God says you shall not murder right in the in the 10 commandments and there's some other commandments in the old testament in the law that expound on that a little bit but it's like okay let's define what murder is and let's come up with 30 different rules on what is and is not murder right and then let's see what what is adultery and what is an adultery let's come up with 30 rules about what is and is not that and 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 that's what a essentially happens during this post-exile time period by the time Jesus comes on the scene there's thousands and thousands of rules that all of these rabbis and these teachers are trying to follow and the thing that they intended for good to keep Israel from ever going back into idolatry has now led them into a new form of wickedness where they're just coming up with rules for everything and rules just do nothing but take away your freedom your freedom to experience God your freedom to have that relationship with God that he wants and he's saying you're drunkards and you're coming up with rules this is utter nonsense. It's utter foolishness. You're not even qualified to teach babies. That's what Isaiah is saying here. Yet you are. And he's saying, guess what? There's coming a day when uh, the Lord's going to come and and he's going, he's going to deal with you. Let's continue on verse 15. You boast, we have entered into a covenant with death. With the realm of the dead, we have made an arrangement, an agreement. When an over, overwhelming scourge sweeps, God, sweeps by, it cannot touch us. For we have made a lie our refuge and falsehood our hiding place. Now, this is a very interesting passage. We're going to continue on with this tomorrow. But it's a very interesting statement that we've made a covenant with death. And and it's it's just such an interesting statement. It's like, not just death, but this idea of the underworld, right? Greek, Roman, all these mythologies are, are very big on the underworld and 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 the dead and and 
you know, what's going on on the other side of the river sticks, that kind of stuff. It seems like that's almost like what Isaiah is referring to here is that you have like made some kind of covenant with this, this mythical false God system. And he's like, guess what? The Lord is, is coming in judgment over you. As essentially, we've got all of these leaders of Israel and Judah, and they're going to start making rules. And, and it's not like they didn't have rules during this time period of, of Isaiah's reign. There's leaders that are making rules and say, well, if you do this, you're fine. If you don't do this, you're fine. It's like, that's, that's humanity. That's always existed. People will always make rules that benefit them and uh, to, to possibly the exclusion of other people. Leaders will always make rules that are, are helpful to them. And, uh, and, and generally are oppressive to the mass populace. Um, that is just time tested human nature when people are put in places of leadership. And so there's a little bit of that going on, but there's all, that's also coming. I don't know that necessarily that's exactly what Isaiah is speaking about is the, the future that's coming. That's going to bring the crisis that, that, that exists when Jesus comes on the scene. Maybe he is speaking of that, or maybe he's just speaking about his day, but either way, this idea that, that, you know, the people leading God's people are, are just so out of it that, that they're not qualified to teach an infant. That's the point here. And now he's saying, Hey, you've made this covenant with death, with this, with this false, you know, we've made a lie, our refuge, this, this false mythology or whatever. That's what they're diving into. We'll continue with that tomorrow for the 10 week Bible study. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for watching the 10 week Bible study. If you've enjoyed this, would you consider doing that whole like and subscribe and bell thing? You're always hearing people talk about. It really helps other people find out about the show and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's word. Thank you.